So I want to start the journey on this podcast of walking us through the Bible and trying to understand it on its own terms. Uh, it's something that I like really care about because I just think it's super cool. Like I've said this before previously, but I am really into the Bible, not because like I myself would I, like I would call myself a Christian, but I don't like the Bible because I'm supposed to read it and like like it and try to understand it. I like actually just think it's super cool. And uh, I'm here for it, <laughs> basically. Um, the way I put it uh, often is that some people have, like, cars and shoes and and sports and different things like that. I don't have – I'm not really into any of those things myself. Uh, but I am really into the Bible is one of the things that I'm really into. So uh, I just actually think it's amazing. And I have come to um, understand it as literature. Because uh, at the end of the day, it is a book, regardless of what you think of its content. It is a book. And so um, I want to help us encounter it and understand it as that and see what and try to understand the story that it tells uh, on its own terms, because I think it is like actually just awesome. Like it's actually just amazing, <laughs> but um, it's kind of hard to understand. And so uh, that's what we're going to be doing here on this podcast a lot. Um, it's not going to be very organized. <laughs> this is going to be like, hopefully I want to like talk to other people and just like talk about random stuff but it's a part of me and so it's going to be a part of this podcast because this podcast is an extension of me and so uh welcome along on the ride thanks for being here uh i hope you learned something and uh it, this is a value to you if you want to reach out to me in any way uh i think twitter is probably a good place to do this um you just tweet at me kevin underscore segura uh, i'll put a link down in the show notes if that's not correct but um but yeah, or if you're listening to this, you probably know me, so just text me or something, I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, let's go ahead and get into it. I'm also going to leave uh, many links down below, should you care to further your reading journey, or uh, delve deeper down the rabbit hole. Um, There's going to be a bu- bunch of Bible Project links, I highly recommend them, I cannot recommend them enough. Um, They're just really good at what they do. <laughs> but uh, yeah, without further ado, let's get started. So... Whenever it comes to holy, any, any kind of like holy book or religious literature, I think we often forget that, um, like what you're reading is a book, and um, but more specifically, the implications of that. Um, books are written by people. I don't think that's a surprise to anybody, right? There's some, every book that's ever been written. There's some sort of human agency, um, and so books are written by people. But these people, they live in times and places, um, likely different from our own. And so the Bible is no exception. It was written a long time ago <laughs> in the Middle East, for goodness sake. Um, I myself in, grew up in America. I am a very, I am definitely a child of, of Western civilization. Um, I don't know a whole lot about the East, <laughs> except for like the Bible and like other things like that. But um, this is an Eastern document. It's not from the West. It, it's the assumptions that it's operating on are very different than what I might have. Um and so it's from a different time, a different place, a different cultural context. Um, it was written in a different language. That is to say, like, it just wasn't written in English, you know? And so what we're reading whenever we read it is a translation, unless you're reading it in the original Greek or Hebrew, but it's a translation is often what you're reading. And so these are all things that I think we just take for granted or just never think about, particularly when it comes to holy books. <laughs> and so um, it's intimately woven in with the 
with human history <laughs> and like you can read about it and you can learn more about it again links will be down below but like it has a human history and like human history it's complicated <laughs> and so like it's not an easy read <laughs> like it's not gonna be simple you know um but i don't think we open the bible expecting these things um and so it's just important to realize that it's a book written by people in a time and place that is different from ours and so it's like it's gonna be weird <laughs> but it's only weird to us because it's different you know the example that i like to use is i remember one time uh, a couple years ago i was at a friend's house like an old old friend like just a family party and um and very mexican like we're both mexican and they had they they cooked cow tongue and like i myself am mexican this person's also mexican but we're also like very american you know <laughs> and that was basically that was my first time ever trying cow tongue i'd never like had had the opportunity to like eat cow tongue <laughs> you know like it's not we don't really have that at mexican restaurants that i've been to and um and so i myself like being mexican american i was like this is weird to me and this is supposed to be like at least on some level, my own culture, you know? <laughs> and so it was even for me kind of being a part of that culture, that was a weird like cultural like difference that I was just like, whoa, what? Um, another example is literally sushi, you know? Like it's raw fish. <laughs> like to some people, that's just weird. But again, to another places, that's normal. And that's because of the cultural context. And so when you open to the Bible, particularly the Old Testament, particularly the Old Testament, um, you're coming across ancient sacrificial laws. <laughs> You're coming across uh, slavery and um, a different economic system of debts and uh, and slavery like that. Um, their livelihood was their livestock. Um, they didn't have like a centralized bank or anything like we have today, you know. Um, like your livelihood was your livestock and like your insurance was your family. <laughs> and so you had a bunch of kids and they would take care of you. Right. And like you all lived in the same house, you know, um, it's a different way of living. And so no different than trying different food. Right. Or, and going to a different culture. Um, you have to adapt to the culture. You can't expect the culture to adapt to you. Um, and again, so it's just important to recognize that it's going to be different. It's going to be weird. And if we want to read it, uh, we and understand it properly, we ought to want to do it on its own terms in order to understand what it is that the biblical authors themselves wanted to communicate. Um, and that requires work, <laughs> like it just does. Um, but it's all a part of the reading journey. So again, it wasn't written in English, it was written in a different time and cultural context, and so some things are going to be weird. We're going to have to reckon with those and read them sympathetically um, if we are to try and understand it um, as literature, you know? And also it's like, it's like reading, it's like watching a Star Wars movie or something. Like no one watches Star Wars and goes, wait a minute, that's not what light travel looks like. You know, like, no, you're, you're watching the movie. You're engaged in the narrative storyline of it. Um, same thing with like, I don't know anything like freaking talking raccoon from <laughs> guardians of the galaxy. You know, people aren't, people don't go, wait a minute, raccoons don't talk. No, you're just watching the movie, engaging with it, allowing it to shape your imagination and tell you a compelling story. Um, it's important to do that with just about anything that we read. But again, I think we forget this or don't even have a conversation about it whenever it comes to, uh, religious literature. And again, it's a book. So it's just important to recognize that. That's the first point that I want to make. So the second point I want to make, uh, like the next thing that I want to draw our attention to is how the Bible tells its story. To do that, we need to, uh, first talk about different kinds of literature in the Bible. 
So we experience the Bible as one book, right? We pick it up, we hold it in our hands, and it says the Bible, one book, right? <laughs> um, but it's not quite that simple. If you open up your Bible to the table of contents, which like it's there, by the way, if you didn't know that, your Bible has a table of contents, um, you can see that it's split up into two sections, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, and then those are all split up into different books themselves. All these books don't read the same way. Some of them do, like some of them will read the same as others, but not all of them are going to read the same way. Um, and that's because really what the Bible is, is it's a small library. It's a collection of books written over a long period of time, <laughs> written by different people as well. Um, but yet it all tells one unified story. And so different kinds of literature in the Bible. It, again, being a library, uh, you walk into a library, for example, you walk into Barnes and Nobles, your local bookstore, um, half price books, and you have different sections. You have it split up um, by category, right? You'll have your nonfiction books. You'll have your historical fiction books. You'll have your science section, your young adult section, for example. Um, and depending on the section that you're walking into, you're expecting to read those books in a certain way. You're expecting to get something in particular out of those books, right? You're not going to read a nonfiction book in the same way you read a, a historical fiction book, for example, right? You're, you're, ex you're expecting something different, um, as you should. And so the Bible is no exception. The Bible has different kinds of literature within it. It has a lot of narrative. This is very intuitive to the human experience, though it is, it doesn't read how we would experience narrative, like the way that we would write narrative, like a Harry Potter book, for example. Um, that's not the same way that the biblical authors wrote because different time and place again. Uh, but it has a lot of narrative. It has a lot of poetry as well. Uh, it has people's mail. <laughs> you can literally read ancient male which is just cool like regardless of what you think of it it's just cool um it also has apocalyptic literature which is wonderful <laughs> it's weird like that's what i'm trying to say like it's different um it has prophetic literature as well which reads a certain kind of way um and you shouldn't read any of these you, you should expect something different out of them Again, you're not going to read narrative in the same way you read poetry. No, you're you're expecting to understand it differently, encounter it differently, um, and to have a different experience. Um, and so oftentimes the biblical authors will actually take the same story and then they'll explore it through poetry. So the creation account, for example, in the beginning, God made um, Genesis chapter one. That's that story. Um They'll reflect on it poetically. Uh, Proverbs chapter 8, for example, in the book of Psalms, they do this at length. <laughs> um, and that's because they're, in, they're experiencing it in a different way, helping you experience it differently. Um, and so how – and so if the Bible is a collection of books that all – with different kinds of literature. How are we to make sense of this? Um, is it even – cohesive <laughs> like does it even does it even make sense um and that's the next point that is that the bible is a unified story that leads to jesus um and it's really difficult to see that like i don't, I don't know if you've ever tried reading the bible but like <laughs> i've never like been reading the old testament and been like oh yeah i see how this makes sense um like sometimes i have for sure but other times i'm just like this is what is what do these sacrificial laws have to do with anything? And it's, and then again, we're just weirded out. Um, 
But the Bible is a unified story. I like to think of it, uh, an analogy that's helpful for me is like a, like a movie trilogy or like a trilogy of movie trilogies, for example. So like, uh, I don't know, The Matrix is great. Um, Star Wars is a good example of a trilogy of trilogies. Like it's literally just movies upon movies upon movies, uh, regardless of what you think of their, their quality. <laughs> but um, it's multiple uh, it's multiple movies, right, that each – like each trilogy tells its own storyline, but then the trilogy of trilogies tells an even bigger storyline, and it all tells the story of this, of this family and of the Jedi, right? And of this of this epic battle between good and evil. The Bible is a similar way. There is a cohesive narrative that begins on Genesis chapter in Genesis chapter one, and it runs all the way through to the Revelation. <laughs> it's amazing that that is the case, <laughs> especially given that it was written over the course of at least a thousand years by multiple different contributors. Um, the fact that it tells one cohesive narrative is actually remarkable. Um, and so how does it link it? How is all this linked together? Um, and that's really the, the literary genius of it that I want to draw our attention to. The way that all this is linked together is like a symphony uh, or a, a song, if you will. Um, it's like a symphony. You have at the like the first thing that you hear is like your you hear the melody, the main melody that's going to get repeated over and over, um, kind of the main themes of of the orchestra, and then as it goes on, that that same melody, that same theme gets repeated and reused in different ways. You have different instruments playing the melody, and it gives a different feel. You have different harmonies going on. Um, and all and the whole time it's telling you a story and you're being guided through this journey. Um, that's the same way that the Bible works. It, like, again, this is just the literary genius of it that I am obsessed with because it's so cool. You have Genesis chapter 1 through Genesis chapter 12 or through Genesis chapter 11 is basically the entire Bible just condensed into, <laughs> into like a few chapters. It's so awesome. They, they use these links. It's like a it's like a hyperlink. Like you know how whenever you're reading an email or something or you're on Wikipedia and the letters are blue and then you click it and it takes you to another page. That's the same thing that the biblical authors have done in weaving this story together. And the way they do this is by using repeated words. Uh they just <laughs> you'll just see the word in one story and then you'll see that same word or same phrase used in a different story and you'll be like, "Wait a minute, that sounds awfully familiar." And then you'll be like, "Okay, I'll just put that I'll just put that aside for later. And then you'll read another story and it'll be the exact same phrase used again. And then you'll be like, wait a minute, I'm starting to see a pattern emerge here. And that's exactly how the biblical authors intended for it to be read. Um, they wove it together this way on purpose. And so uh, the final point that I want to make uh, before we wrap up is I want, I want to trace the the theme of the kingdom. Because I think this is like kind of a big deal <laughs> as far as what the story is about. Um like, okay, it's one unified story, at least Jesus, but what is this story about? And I think like any good story, there's probably different themes that you could trace. So again, for, uh, for example, the theme of, um, uh, sorry, like in, like in, uh, Star Wars, you can, you can tell Star Wars as a story of, um, of a family, right? You as, cause they're all like one big family or something, right? You can tell it as the story of the Jedi. You can tell it as a, this big cosmic story of this epic battle between good and evil, um, and I think with any good story, you can probably do that. So 
the Bible is no exception. You can tell it as a story of a kingdom. You can tell it as a story of a tree of life. Uh, you can tell it as a story of redemption. Um, there's different themes that you can pick up on again. Um, but one in particular that I think is <laughs> like, they're all important, but one in particular that is like really climactic. Um, and that is that I have found for me to be very compelling is the theme of the kingdom. And so I want to walk us through this real quick as we wrap up. The Bible tells a story about a kingdom from beginning to end. It starts in the beginning with God creating the world in which he is going to reign and rule. And he creates these creatures, humans, to rule alongside him as his stewards. In his blessing to them, he says, be fruitful, multiply, rule over creation with me. Um, and it's all fine and dandy. But then humanity, we decide to take the knowledge of good and evil. We decide that we are going to be the arbiters of what is right and what is wrong. And that just doesn't go well. <laughs> and, um, and so it's downhill in a spiral from there. But then this thing, this throne is just left hanging there. This kingdom still needs a king to rule over it. And so that's what you're left hanging for in at the end of the Hebrew Bible, at the end of the Old Testament, you're left awaiting the Messiah. And then the New Testament introduces this Jesus character as the king. And what is most profound of this, what is most compelling to, about this to me, is that Jesus in every single one of the Gospels is presented as the king, but his crucifixion is always depicted as his enthronement ceremony. His enthronement ceremony is whenever he's riding into Jerusalem on a donkey on his way to, his cru to be crucified. And his crucifixion is his enthronement scene. That is when he is given a crown and he's given a robe and he's lifted on high for everyone to see and to hail as king of the Jews. This is how he becomes king in his kingdom. And this is the coming of the kingdom of God. <laughs> it is ushered in not by military might, not by tanks and bows and arrows and spears but it is ushered in by loving kindness and humility and compassion and trust in the goodness of god and so this is the kingdom that jesus comes announcing like that that is if the, if there was a thing like if there was one thing that jesus was talking about it was the kingdom of god and that it is coming and that it is here now in him and that is what he revealed it to be. And so the story continues all the way through to the end uh, in this weird book called The Revelation, <laughs> where exactly what Jesus said would happen happens. Uh, did he not teach us to pray for kingdom come, that his will would be done here on earth as it is in heaven? And that is exactly how the story ends. It ends how it started, with humanity ruling alongside God forever and ever. Amen. Um, in light of the story of Jesus. And so I have found this story to be very compelling to me, um, enough to like follow the guy. <laughs> um, and I've come to understand the Bible again in the way that we've been, uh, talking about it as literature, um, that is profound and like just super cool. And, um, it tells this story. And again, I have found it compelling. So, I hope this was helpful to you, um, maybe sparked some interest, a little curiosity at least. Um, again, I just think it's awesome, and it is a entire world <laughs> to explore, and uh, that's what we're going to be doing amongst other things here on this podcast. Um, so yeah, 
Again, links down below. I cannot recommend it enough. Go look at the links below in the show notes. <laughs> um, it's just everything I'm talking about, just m- way more concise. <laughs> so with that said, I think it's probably appropriate that we should pray the Lord's Prayer <laughs> as a closing, and then uh, I'll send you on your merry way. Father God in heaven, blessed is your name. May your kingdom come, and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Because yours is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen.